When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. live from Florida's capital city. This is the Jeff Cameron Show, brought to you by Orange Theory Fitness on Real Talk 93.3. Now, stop what you're doing and listen closely. It's time for the Jeff Cameron Show in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3, Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Great to be with you this Monday. Appreciate you joining us. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. There's Director Matthew. In a little bit, our friend Irash Bell will join us towards the bottom of the hour as we get a recap from him. If you hadn't read his observations yet on what took place over the weekend with four state football team in the first scrimmage, go to warchant.com. That story is up. You can get into that. Wasn't a good weekend for the baseball team. They get swept, and um, man, at least they put you out of your misery early yesterday. Nothing like kind of tuning in, getting ready to watch a little baseball, and next thing you know, it's 9 to nothing. All right. Grand opening, grand closing. Let's flippity-do. No need to watch this. You are correct the way you phrase that, though, because if it happens to my Mets less frequently of late, but it happens. Oh, sure. You're thankful. You say, thank you. Get it out of the way. I'll check my phone in an hour and a half if it's See, 9 to 5. Something weird's happening. I'm back, baby. Yeah. But you just gave me an hour to an hour and a half to be productive and, and do something around the house. You know, when you look at the totals from the weekend, I think Eric Llewellyn may have said this while I was driving to go get some food to cook for dinner. And I heard him, or maybe it was on the way back for something. I can't, I can't remember. It doesn't matter. He, he So 15 runs... What was the what was the Saturday score? Carry the two. No, what was it? Twelve. I think they scored. Yeah, yeah. So twelve to. Would we lose twelve to four on Saturday? Twelve to twelve five maybe. Whatever it was, and that game was close all the way into the seventh inning, and then yep. they, then the wheels fell off, and then it got just pasted yesterday. Boat raced right from the jump, and yeah, it would be right because you lost three to two in extra innings on the Friday night game. So if they gave up thirty runs in three games, which okay, that's correct, not ideal. Leading two to one. But yeah. yes, go ahead. Okay, so they they. They gave up 30 runs. I think of the 30 runs that scored, half of them got on base via walk or hit batter. Now that, my friends, 
is unwatchable. I will confess to you that if what I'm watching is us giving away runs because we cannot throw the ball over the plate, it's awfully hard to stomach. Now, that doesn't mean that, like, oh, fire the pitching coach, fire Link, fire. No, it just mean, it's just what it is. Currently, yeah. they're not very good, and they will give teams a ton of opportunities for free to put pressure on your defense and to score runs inning by inning because they're either walking people or hitting people. It's just absurd. There's a walk, a hit batsman, and an error in the ninth inning on yeah. Friday, oh, I believe. Yeah. There was a whole lot of that, too, on Tuesday against the Gators last week during those rally moments where, you know, they scratched across like one an inning. Yeah. But they would take so many pitches, the hallmark of a very confident lineup. Oh, yeah. They'd take it all the way to 2-2. So there you are waiting for four minutes because, you know, the ACC hasn't adopted the pitch clock the way that Major League Baseball is about to this week. On Thursday will be a corner pocket bar and grill for yes, opening day. we will. It is the week that brings back the consistent hum of joy in my life, which is the sound of baseball in the background as I'm coming home every day knowing that there's a game on. But watching that game on Tuesday, pitch for pitch, and some of the calls were just absurd on called strikes and balls. But Yeah, that's college baseball in a nutshell. It was a journey to 2-2. Like, that's where we're going. They're not going to swing, and you're going to be kind of wild. You're going to take your time between pitches. Yeah. And then can you get him out? And it's not because he's going to swing and miss. It's that you're either going to fool him and buckle him, or we're going to have to hold on as the ball's put in play and just hold our breath that we can complete the out. So you're talking, and this is very interesting, by the way. This is another sign that you don't have enough high-quality arms. When you don't have put-away pitches. Correct. Wipe out yeah. put-away pitches, 2-2 two -two pitches. Like, here, here comes my put-away pitch. Uh, I miss a lot of bats. You're in trouble here. It's either 98 up in the zone, a slider away, whatever it is. It's it's the one that I use that I fall back on when I need to get an out. And we don't have a lot of guys that have that pitch in their repertoire. Whereas Florida has reliever after reliever that comes out. And yeah. when they need a strikeout, They'll throw velocity high in the zone, and you're in trouble. Right, or they've got, you know, 88, it breaks off the uh, table. Yeah, it falls off the table. Which in, in college. College is, baseball, it didn't even have to be in the strike zone. But right, yes. and 88 is plenty fast in college. It probably needs to be 91 at the at the highest level in order for it to be, quote-unquote, unhittable. But I thought both staffs last Tuesday, again, for example, got squeezed at different times. Both of them did. Where it's 2-2, two, two, outer half, it's not even black. But we can't afford it's to It's outer be, half, yeah. but when we don't get that call, you're, that's, you're in trouble. that's a big problem. Mm -hmm. When they don't, well, it doesn't right, really matter. We're back and throw a pass you. Know, I've wasted a pitch, but no harm, no it's foul. It's annoying, but right. yeah, but I can go ahead and get that, out of it. That's the difference. Now, the thing I will say, though, is there are enough guys in this pitching staff, especially in that bullpen, they're younger and, and maybe yeah, some. Yeah, they're going to get better. A lot of them have a pitch. They got something. They got 94. They've got something that, that, again, breaks off the table. Finding the consistency has been the problem. It's the development. Mm -hmm. But I do think there's enough There's enough ingredients in there that you could put together a weekend plan in the not-too-distant future. The problem is, where's our psyche going to be as a roster? Right. And they're not devoid of talent. That's not what I'm intimating at all. They're not devoid of talent. I actually think, again, I said it earlier. I said it last week. And even in the wake of this sweep, I'll say it again. And I believe it. And I think they'll probably lose tomorrow. They'll probably lose the series to Miami. It's going to get harder and harder to have any faith in this team at all. When you lose, like the way they're losing, in record fashion, quite literally record fashion for four here, for Florida State, it is very hard to muster up the energy to believe in something positive even being possible at season's end. Because when you lose 10 of 11, or if you end up losing 12 of 13, 
you know, at some point, you know, those results seem to be indicators of much larger problems. I got you. I got you. I don't think they're devoid of talent. I do think they'll be better playing better baseball at the end of the season than they are currently. Do I think they're good? No, no, no. Those are two separate things. I don't think they're a good team. I just don't think they're a terrible team, and right now they look like a terrible team, and I don't think they are because there's enough young talent, as yeah. you're pointing out, that yeah. will get better as the year goes on. We've already had the proof that this coaching staff can coach. The same group that was at Notre Dame that came here, same one. So we know they can coach, right? Link's proven it at multiple stops, by the way. That's the evidence you need. It's not just one stop, multiple stops he's proven that he can coach. So I'm not worried about the coaching. You're worried about the talent, the overall talent on the roster, or the depth of talent on the roster. I got it. But I have faith that it will be developed because there's proof in their previous locales that they do that. They develop guys. So they'll be better. But right now, it is a daily kick to the cojones to watch them play baseball because they do a lot of things that – don't give them the chance to win a game that they're in, and they don't have that margin for error to make those mistakes. You cannot walk somebody in a one-run game when you're not good on defense and you can't throw wipe-out pitches to get strikeouts. You're, you know they're going to put the ball in play, so you walk a guy, then you commit an error. Well, you're just asking to get beat painfully, I might add, painfully. That's what you're begging the other team to do is take advantage of the gifts that you dole out on the regular with no margin for error. Yeah, I think the pitching staff has enough talent on it to be a, a tournament team, so to speak. Yeah, you know, yeah, 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 a, a three seed. They've got enough, but they don't have enough development yet in order to be there mm-hmm. by themselves. They don't have enough position players on this roster, which is kind of nuts, but you don't have enough position players to fill out a full defensive like, yeah. grouping. Yeah. Infield, outfield, you name it. They just yeah. don't have enough dudes who can play the field, which is interesting. They have enough talent to score offensively, but they don't have the health right now. Well, they're getting healthy. They're, they're, starting, getting, they're, they're starting getting healthier, yeah, yeah. but you got to get into a rhythm. This yeah. has totally stunted the rhythm, and we're about in April. I mean, this The season starts in February. That's why I say they're going to be better at the end of the year. <laughs> and they don't have a ton of confidence as a group. In fact, they don't have hardly any. When things go wrong, it's contagious. And typically, what happens when a group of talented freshmen roll into a, a machine of a program? When things go poorly, it's not all on them. They look to the older guys and the culture, and there is something there. I don't think there is anything there for them to look at right now, the younger guys. So it could go one of two ways. Either the older players flip and mature, or the younger players say, the hell with it. We're creating our own path right here, right now. It's going to be fascinating to see what path we walk. But each phase of the game, we've got significant limitations. It's either health, skill, or development. In the three phases that you know, that's a very depressing games. way of describing it. Uh, I like that you also said, um, which is interesting, quote unquote. That's a nice way of putting it. It is interesting. It's also aggravating as hell. Well, if this was <laughs> aggravating uh, as if hell, if this was Gainesville radio, I'd call it delightful. Oh, sure, you would think it was fun. But, yes, but in Tallahassee, oh, no, you see the cracks in the armor right off the bat. You it's can see interesting. It. Yeah. It's it's interesting. It's immensely frustrating. Uh, yes, last hour I brought it up. It was also immensely frustrating to watch a ref decide a game and uh, help dictate a team going to the Final Four. I will say I do find it infinitely fascinating to look at this group that has now uh, occupied the Final Four. It, even if you thought it was going to be a wild tournament, and most did. You did, I did, all the experts that follow college and college basketball and write about it on a daily basis all thought that this could be a weird tournament, that no dominant team whatsoever wouldn't be surprising. It's good to see Alabama lose. That was nice. Uh, all these things are, are are fun and interesting and leads to uh, great intrigue. So they've got that going for them uh, this year. Again, if you missed last hour, I brought this up before. 
uh, quote unquote, if you're just looking at the seeds, okay, seeds aren't always right. I think UConn was misseeded as a four. That's a really good team. But if you're going to look at this, you're going to say it is collectively the worst collection of Final Four teams in in terms of seeding um, that we've ever seen. The last one was 2011, and I gave out those seeds. Because what you have here is, again, a pretty amazing thing here. I mentioned UConn seed. A pair of five seeds followed by a nine seed. I don't know who's not rooting for Florida Atlantic. Go Owls, baby. I'll wear a hat. Let's go. You know, the sad thing, I did catch the very, very end of that game. Flip to it as they were shooting the free throws, you know, just to kind of ice it. The, the Kansas State, yeah. And it's a kid named Forrest shooting free throws yeah, to yeah. go to the Final Four. And I just, all I could see was Trent, number three at the line, shooting free throws for us to go to the Final Four. And it made me sad. But I'm happy for that program. They're out of nowhere. It's really funny. And Kansas State was toying with them. Did you note, actually, okay, I did watch more of the game than I thought. In the second half, they're trying between the leg passes. They're trying to play disrespectful basketball (laughs) in the half court. And it's only a six-point margin or or an eight-point margin at the time. Some of the shots that they're taking, some of the decisions that they're making showed that there was no regard for the opponent. We've already got this thing done. Look at all these people from Manhattan, Kansas, and Manhattan, New York. Like You could sense it. They thought that they were toying with a beaten and done Florida Atlantic team. Next thing you know, it's within a possession, and their string bean of a forward or center is is coming down with three or four critical rebounds. He's good. That dude looked like a gymnast. A couple of the offensive and defensive glass. But I I was, it made me smile because they were toying with Florida Atlantic, and then they got burned for it. FAU is now thirty-five and three on the season. If you look at the Ken Palm adjusted efficiency ranks, they're 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 the seventeenth best team in the country. So they're legitly, they're really good. No matter how you look at it with seeding-wise, whatever, if you, if you look at those adjusted efficiency rankings, they're the 17th best team in the country. And we know this tournament doesn't always decide who the best team is, just who's ever playing well in a tournament and has the right matchup and takes advantage of it, and they are, and that's cool. Um, you know, they, they, are, they belong there is what I'm getting at. They belong there. Um, they, they, you know, Dusty May, the coach there, is, he's got to be happy because that is a very, very tough group to cover. They score a ton of points. They put up 79 points in that win against Kansas State. Um, they like to get out and run and play high-scoring basketball games, so they're fun to watch as well, and they play to their talent. So I, I love watching that. Now, listen, what's going to happen here, and I get it. I already saw it in the chat earlier, and I've seen emails. Everybody wants to go get Dusty May to come to Florida State, right? This is whoever makes a run in the tournament. This happens all the time. Plenty of people have made runs in the no. tournament, and then they go get jobs. It worked for Shaka. He went to Power 5, and look <laughs> at him. I mean, he's on Mount Rushmore now. <laughs> but you could do this over and over and over again. Lots of teams do that. Andy they hire field our own. At USC, he's doing all right, though. Um, but, yeah. They're not. I mean, he's going to the Hall of Fame. (laughs) No, no, no. I'm saying this happened. Hey, we did it. We did it with Steve Robinson way back when. After his great run. We never looked back. back. Never Uh, looked back. Happens all the time. Uh, Whoever has the coach that's on the hot, who's got the team that makes the biggest surprise in the tournament, everybody wants to hire him as if that's a guarantee. I'm not saying it wouldn't work. I'm not saying it would either. I'm not assuming that it would. Uh, the point is that they're, they're not moving on. I mean, this is that, that this has been settled. They have, they're not firing Hamilton. He'll, he'll be back next year. What's more interesting and more worth your time if you love Florida State basketball, I think, is to find out just how many guys they're trying to bring in and how many they have a realistic shot at. That's a different discussion for a different time. It's something worth noting. But, you know, there, there are a set of players that they are trying to bring in here. And they are going to have to do something as the staff, meaning Leonard Hamilton, Stan Jones, all those guys, that they haven't wanted to do in the past. And in my opinion, that will be very fascinating to see if it works. Because if it doesn't work, this will be their last year coming up. This will be it no matter what.
If they are not able to process guys out of the program who don't want to leave the program, then you're going to have a problem because you have to create space for this roster to be overhauled. And you've got to get rid of at least a handful of guys on this roster that maybe don't want to leave. Maybe they're happy staying here. Well, that's a problem. You can't stay here. You're not good enough. you got to leave. We want you gone. And that's not his M.O. That's never the way he's done things, right? That's one of the things that we've respected about him. But now he's got to do the thing that he doesn't want to do that's very uncomfortable. And that's to tell a kid who's trying hard, let's say, who they missed on. They misevaluated. He's not good enough. They screwed up in recruiting him. All right? And now they have him, and the kid doesn't want to go. Let's say you're a player like that, okay? What do you do as a coach in that situation? You screwed up. Leonard has reinvented himself numerous in his times time yes. at Florida State in a well numerous times in in nuanced ways but right a major overhaul to the point where that was when I jumped off the bandwagon some ten years ago when we abandoned the junkyard dog for right. skill right and I, we didn't I have was thankful they did that defensively we I mean we were the pits of the for, conference for about a two year stretch then we then we got skill that did defend correct correct. So there was kind of this birthing process. We sure. got there mm-hmm. at, in the nick of time. It was on his last season that we got farther and yeah, far and enough him to be extended. And then there we were in the Elite Eight, yeah. It is in Leonard Hamilton to change course of philosophically yeah, of, and I th- of the I, way I, he needs to operate. I agree with you. It just gets harder to do the older you are. It gets very difficult to do. And also, time is of the essence now. And if, Big time. If it doesn't work, I feel like we're in the last couple of years anyway. Good, bad, or indifferent. I, I think well, we if it are. doesn't work, I think we're in the last year. If they go out and stink sure. next year, I think he's done. But even if it's a flip to a degree and they could even make the second weekend of the tournament, I mean, oh, you yeah. really think he's going to be here in 2026? That might be all he wants. That might yeah, be. Yeah, correct. Yeah, it might just be, like, hey, I got it back on track. Let so me I'm fix it. been real. Thanks for yeah. everything. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I just hope it has a good ending because the, the plot of the movie was outstanding. Really fun. Yeah, how are we blowing this ending? Don't blow this ending, damn it. I don't like where this is headed. This is headed down the wrong path. You're going to screw this up. They ran out of I've been, steam. I've been riveted for hours. <laughs> and it, the writers are screwing up the ending. It was all a dream. <laughs> Come on, man. St. Elsewhere. I'll never forget that. That show was my all-time favorite show in the 80s, and then they, that's what it ended up being. It was all a dream. Somebody picked up their little snow globe, and that was the hospital. I was like, oh, get the hell up out of here. Last season of Game of Thrones is the modern example. Riveting I, show. I never saw it. These people, these these frozen zombies, mm-hmm. they're just, it's always about them arriving. They were there for one episode. Done. It's like, oh, so we spent six years waiting for these people to cross the wall. The frozen people? The, fro- the, the White Walkers. Yeah. 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 And the Night King. The Night King was around for like 10 minutes. Screen time. Boom. Boom. Done. Were you like, what is this? It's like, oh, great. What are we doing? Glad, we, <laughs> glad I waited 10 years in real time for this to happen. Glad I was oh, glued to this. Man. We'll be joined here momentarily by our friend uh, Irashafel, Warchant.com. It's Jeff Cameron, Show 93.3, Real Talk Radio, and Warchant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com 
Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. What's up, guys? Our next partner that you're going to hear from is Athletic Greens. You've heard me talk about Athletic Greens in the past. Happy to talk about them again. I take Athletic Greens every day. And I gave them a try because certainly I wanted more energy, sustained energy. I wanted to support my immune system. I don't like taking pills and vitamins per se. And I wanted something that tasted good too. And the first time I tried it, I was very surprised. Uh, it had an appreciable effect on my energy levels. And also, uh, over time, you'll note that it, uh, it helps your skin, your hair, your nails. I don't have a lot of hair, but if I did, I bet I could feel that. I bet I could tell. It's a comprehensive health uh, habit, and uh, it is a, a powerful one at that. AG1 is great for recovery. Uh, that's Athletic Greens. And uh, I, I take mine basically when I wake up every morning. And I don't have to worry about it because you get all the nutrients that you want. It's the best way to ensure that you're going to get all of your vitamins. It's a carbon neutral business, by the way, if that's important to you. It is to a lot of people, and that's good to know as well. I would also note that uh, it is a comprehensive solution to what you need from a supplement routine. Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs right now with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Helps me out, guys, if you use that. Not financially, but it lets them know that you heard this ad on my show. And I do take it, and I am vouching for them because I enjoy their product. It's athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Check it out. I think you'll note the difference in your life with a simple drink each and every morning to start your day. Athleticgreens.com slash JCS. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. I'll follow up on that uh, endorsement of our friend Shannon Young, legendary home loans, and note that, uh, look, it's rough out there. You want to make sure that uh, you're with somebody who you can trust, winning team, get pre-approval underwriting from my friend Shannon with the one and only legendary home loans. Call now, 844-FSU-LOAN. That's 844-FSU-LOAN. You can also visit FSUHomeLoans.com. No, he's excited about football. We all are. Excited about baseball? You should be. Excited about baseball. Director Matthews excited about baseball? He should be. Yeah, that division's going to be nuts. But honestly, what I come to, and especially with the scrimmage reports on the weekend, you beat LSU. Do you know how quickly it goes from zero to a thousand? Well, because now you're doing rooting guides every week of people that you want to lose to fortify your position to be in the top You're doing what we used to do all the time. Yeah. I mean, we're back if if, if yeah. you win that game. And I don't mean we are going to win 29 in a row. I just mean the conversation. We're I'd back like in to win it. 29 in a row. That'd be fun. That was fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Might be all right for the town and for the bottom line. Any preseason bets as this is the first week that we can legitimately say, hey, Major League Baseball will be played. These games will count. It starts Thursday. We'll be at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill to do that. For example, you got Shohei Atani at plus 200 to win AL MVP. You have, you know, Soto to win the MVP in the National League at plus 450 or something like that? I think a fun exercise to go through either on Wednesday or on Thursday at the corner pocket would be to take a look at the fan graphs win totals. Mm. 
and then pick a few that we like. I would lean lower on the Mets, for example, right now. You don't have your closer, and then your two top starting pitchers are 40-plus years old. Going to miss some time? You don't think they'll make it through I mean, the whole full season? Yeah. No, but I mean, Get 20, a little sore. 27-year-olds don't make it through 35, 32 starts. You know, so, yeah. I want to find some teams that I'm like, ooh, I like them. Look I feel out for like Seattle. I feel like betting Ronald Acuna Jr. at uh, NL MVP at plus 900. Nine to one? Mm-hmm. Wow. I mean, that's a – I like that bet. You can do things like that simply because are there nine players better or eight players better than Ronald Acuna when he's at his best? No. No. That's like yesterday. I played Sam Burns. Mentioned that in the first hour. He did. Because he was getting plus 160 in a heads-up match. Yeah. I know it's Scotty Scheffler, but this is a coin flip. At this level of professional golf, a match is a coin flip. And if you're going to give me near over one and a half to one, I'm going to take that side of the coin. We'll see if I win. I'll bet you that that – Wins out over a long period of time. Same thing in this instance with Acuna. As much as I'm a Met fan and I don't like the Braves, there aren't eight dudes better than Ronald Acuna Jr. There just aren't. Well, I think he's he's you know he's walking into that season if he's if he's right and motivated. I mean this this will be. It's a loaded lineup. He's yeah, finally he's protected. Healthy. He's yeah. healthy. He's really freaking good. Yeah, no, I, I I like that. I have to do these things, Tom, because I can't look inward. I can't look at the roster in Pittsburgh and say, hey. Uh, I I can't unfortunately do that. Instead, I'm stuck looking at everybody else's team. But it is for me the return of a sport that I love that gets you through the dog days of summer and gives you the opportunity to kind of settle in and get excited about uh, hey daily basis baseball is good for me. I I in a lot of ways and maybe I've been groomed this way because of Pittsburgh. I like the regular season a lot because every day again I can find a good game. Colin, I'm going to answer your question before I get to Ira. No. No news. Irashafel, warchant.com, joins us now as he's wont to do on Mondays. That's a good thing. Hello, Ira. How the heck are you, brother? I'm awesome, Jeff. How you doing? I'm awesome, too, buddy. It's, uh, it's, it's, you got to be excited for the Orioles. You going to have the hat on tomorrow? Of course, man. I got to uh, <laughs> get the MLB package again. This is two years in a row now after uh, not paying attention for a long time. So, yeah, man, I'm all in. Ira doesn't mind admitting to being very fair weather. He's... Uh, you know, I don't think I don't think fair weather is fair to say necessarily because the team clearly was not trying to compete for like 15 years. So, you know, it's not like, it's not like they were making moves to try to be competitive. It was garbage. And they knew everybody knew it was garbage. So I, I don't feel an obligation. You, you Pirates fans, <laughs> feel this debt, this debt to, to to keep paying attention when you know your team's not trying to compete. It's just but, all uh, the championships, you know, they're trying to live up to that. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. What stands out to you now? Listen, uh, for in the interest of transparency, for everybody listening to us talk right now, neither you nor me or anybody from Warchant staff was at this scrimmage. Nobody's allowed to be. Um, so, you know, to some degree, certainly we can rely on our sources and we know what the coaches said and, um, they're pretty transparent, that group over there. So we can look at this and say, well, this, that's interesting to me, or this is interesting to me, but we didn't see it. What, what about what happened in this scrimmage, uh, that we think we can believe happened in this scrimmage, uh, stood out to you? Well, I mean, the, you know, again, the big, the, the key thing to remember here is we see 95% of the practice. That is correct. This isn't, this isn't like. 
it's not like we're going to see practices and then they're going to go scrimmage and it's going to be something completely different. Correct. Um, so, yeah, I mean, this basically was confirmation of the things we've seen in practice. I mean, you know, the guys that are that, – and, and, you know, I felt kind of weird reporting about the scrimmage and talking about some of the, the players who had the best days because it was mostly young guys because they didn't put a lot of the older guys out there for a whole lot. So you didn't get to hear a lot about Trey Benson and, and Johnny Wilson and and, Jer- and Fabian Lovett and Jared Verse and and I think with uh, you know Jordan Travis didn't play at all. So right. So it, it's kind of a it's kind of a little bit of a skewed um, report because it's so focused on the young guys because that's where they were really focusing in, in terms of giving the most reps. That's a good sign. I mean, again, it speaks to you've got a lot of good, really impressive young players. Um, but you know, I, I think the names are going to be a little bit different probably when the season opens. Um, in you know five months. So every time we do go out there, and the coaches have talked about this, so it's not like we're giving away trade secrets here. Uh, but uh, Jacobs, Dre Jacobs, just continues to be uh, the a, a star, uh, especially for a, a kid. You know, he's just a freshman, and he looks like he's hit the ground running. And it sounds like he had another good day on Saturday. So it's kind of nuts, but you know, it's not unheard of when you recruit well. If you recruit a good player, oftentimes they can come in at certain positions. And have an impact. Are you starting to believe that that kid's going to get serious run when the season starts? Yeah, I definitely think so. I mean, I, you know, there's no reason to, to think he won't. And you know, you go back to, you know, every coaching staff that we've ever covered, and every coaching staff in America, we just don't talk to them. Um, you know, they always talk about how, you know, the, the further away, the further away you are from the ball, it's a snap. The easier it is to play. So, you know, wide receivers are usually going to be the easiest position to play on offense because. There's not as much demanded of you, and this kid is really talented. Uh, as Mike Norvell said on Saturday, the stage is not too big for him, and uh, and he's really talented. You know, the other day, Kez McCorvey, uh, mm-hmm. of ours, all-time great, was at practice, and I asked him, "What you know, we can tell Vandrevius Jacobs is really good, but like, what is it about him?" And he said, "And Kez is like, man, he's got great footwork um, and, and body control." He said, "You know, he he reminds you of those great old-time slot receivers. You know, just shifty and." Great, great footwork, and and uh, and he doesn't he doesn't seem to ever drop the ball that we see. So yeah, man, he's he's a talent. There's it's there, to me, it's not really about waiting to see if he can pass the next hurdle. Now, the, the more we see a practice as he elevates the depth chart, he'll be going up against you know more consistently the top corners. But he's been going up against good corners and making plays. So uh, yeah, I don't have any doubt he's going to be in the receiver rotation as well. I think uh, he's a special talent. I think. You know, the guys that played this weekend, the guys that made plays this weekend, I think you're going to see them make plays on Saturdays. Rodney Hill, mm-hmm. um, you know, Vandravius Jacobs, uh, Patrick Payton, obviously. And, um, you know, it's, 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 you know, I think there, there's, it's really positive that those guys are playing well, knowing that they, there's some more experienced players that are going to play well, too. You know, I think the next big thing to look at, you mentioned it before, Jordan Travis did not play. So we had second, third, fourth string quarterbacks out there, but, Man, I, I have got to tell myself to calm down, but I just like everything I see from Brocklin. And the fact that he got mentioned as looking uh, maybe, maybe well ahead of where he's supposed to be already doesn't surprise me. Uh, that that They may have hit on something there, Ira. This kid, I think, is better than we could have had a right to expect for a true freshman in his first camp. Yeah, I think it goes back to speaking to their evaluation as recruiters. And again, I, I, I bring this up all the time because I'm always impressed by it. But, you know, they – there was a reason they didn't go after some other quarterbacks last year. They really liked Brock Lynn. And even when he committed to Ohio State, 
they were, you know, look, man, they let another quarterback commitment leave. Yes. You know, the Chris Parson kid was committed to Florida State, and they let him leave because they wanted to recruit Brock Glenn. They liked him. And so, and they told the other kid, look, we're going after Brock Glenn. If you don't want to be here, you don't have to be here, but we're going to go after Brock Glenn. And to the point where it looked like they were going to strike out on both of them. Because Glenn then, Parson decommits, Glenn commits to Ohio State, but they stayed on him. And they got him, and they believe in him. And I, and I go back to that first, the tour of duty that we, we we were out to watch at practice, that tour of duty. Yeah. You could just see it there. The way he walked around, the way he carried himself, the way he competed in those drills was a sign that, you know, that, that's kind of – he's got a different makeup than a typical high school senior trying to be an early enrollee. He's not just kind of getting his feet wet, and he's carried it over to these practices. Um, so, yeah, man, I think they, they've definitely hit one there. The good news is I think – Duffy's gotten a lot better, and Tate's Tate. So um, it sets up a really good competition down the road. But, but uh, yeah, he's, he's, he's definitely been impressive. That's going to be a fierce competition. I really think that it's all wide open still uh, in terms of, you know, the, who's going to be the, the guy that's settled in there as the second-string quarterback. You wouldn't expect a true freshman to get that role. But I think that battle between he and Duffy and, as to who has the more promising future, and Duffy can push Tate. Because, you know, Tate's Tate. There's good to that and there's bad to that. So you just don't know how that's going to play out, but it'll be a fun competition to document. I know that every time they practice, whether we see it or not, there's usually glowing praise for the lines of scrimmage. And that, too, is what separates this team and why we have sky-high expectations going into next year from the others that we've covered recently. It sounds like both the offensive line and defensive line won their fair share of battles, and once again, the depth of those two units really stood out. Yeah, and I think you know the defensive line. I think got the best of it, but but you know I think there's there's the exciting thing about that is again you're not relying just on Fabian Lovett and just on right. uh, Jared Verse. I mean you know again Patrick Payton and you know we saw we've been seeing it at practice, but sounds like it really was evident again on Saturday. It's not just the fact that he can get after the quarterback, but he's trying to challenge physically uh, using his power uh, and trying to challenge and setting the edge and being more of a force and run support. And that's exciting, man, because that's not what he did last year. And so he's taking that next step. Um, and I think, you know, you add in the Daryl Jacksons and some of these guys on the defensive line, that group uh, is getting really, uh, you know, much more impressive. The offensive line, I think I still have super confident in. I think it's going to be a great group over the course of the year. But, you know, there's more moving parts there in terms of, like, guys, not everybody fully participating and then moving guys around. Um, but, I, yeah, man, the lines of scrimmage are, are continue to be a positive. And, you know, the things that, you know, Alex Atkins and Mike Norvell were not happy with some of the holding calls and, and some of the penalties penalties they had, but that's not about ability. I think it's more about technique and fundamentals, and I think we've seen Alex Atkins can fix all that. All right, negative subject. Is the baseball team, I ask you every week, going to make the postseason? <laughs> uh, it ain't looking great, buddy. It ain't looking great. Uh, <laughs> There's a, you know, it's funny. I heard you talking about the in the last hour. I heard you talking a little bit about the the walks, and it's, you know, and, and we saw it last week. We saw it in yes. the last series that they played at home. They don't have other than Wyatt Crowell. Most of these pitchers, Info Meister, Baumeister, when he's on, but like most of these pitchers they've got don't have a strikeout pitch, and so they have to try to get guys to chase. So they end up walking guys. They get, you know, it's a two-two count. And they end up walking the guy because they they can't challenge good hitters so they're trying to get them to chase and I, mean, I look back at the stats from last year so this this year they've barely got twice as many strikeouts as walks 
issued as a pitching staff. It's I think it's slightly less than two to one mm-hmm. strikeouts to walks. Last year it was like three and a half to one. I mean you, they weren't walking the world because they could challenge guys. They had Parker Messick and those guys. They correct hitters and they could strike them out. This staff can't, and so as a, uh, across the board, so you're you got all these walks, and at some point they're just gonna have to let teams hit the ball. The problem is they're not great defensively either. So it's not a good recipe, Jeff. Um, I, you know it's hard to imagine. Right now, I would say they're they're probably not going to make the postseason. Um, but you know, I, I think there are some. If you get Wyatt Crowell back, that would be a big piece. And if a one or you know one more guy kind of steps up, I still think Jamie Arnold's got potential. Maybe somebody else steps up and you can piece it together. But it it doesn't look good. They're going to make the postseason, Ira. They're going to uh, make it. I want to believe. I want to believe. They're going to make it. Now you won't believe it after tomorrow's game, and you probably <laughs> not, won't believe it after weekend. this. You probably won't believe it after this weekend. Okay. But but then it's going to start turning around, buddy. Then the turnaround happens, and we'll be sweating it in the final week. They'll need to have a good series, and they'll need to have a good ACC tournament. But they will. Can, can you get a baseball equivalent of the choo-choo? Can you get something? Oh, yeah. man. I got to come up with something. I will. Yeah, like a fungo bat? <laughs> ping, ping. <laughs> we'll think of something, and we'll have a chart, and we'll begin to update it on a regular basis. Thank you, brother. I'll talk to you later. Thanks, Jesse, man. Yeah, that's Irish Chappelle, Warchant.com, managing editor. And you can read all of his thoughts on that scrimmage and what we heard from the coaches afterwards on Warchant.com. He'll also be on Warchant TV tonight, 8 p.m. That's right. For the Smash. It's a little later edition. A little edition. Bit later edition. It'll be me and Ira at 8 o'clock tonight. Nice. On the channel, all The right. Smash. What's your drink of choice tonight on The Smash? Oh, I don't something know. Light, something Absinthe. Very light. Maybe some absinthe. <laughs> I think it'll be a good time. Just have a whole highball glass for Ooh, full of absinthe for the first minute. That take a weird turn. All right, folks. Here we go. Buckle up, everybody. <laughs> the Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Welcome back to the Jeff Cameron Show, sponsored by Legendary Home Loans, a mortgage experience designed around speed, simplicity, and customer service. Before you buy your next home, contact our friend Shannon Young with Legendary Home Loans. Visit FSUHomeLoans.com. FSUHomeLoans.com. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Noel Dad writes, five-year-olds aren't great defensively. This team is just bad defensively. Yeah, they are bad defensively. They're not very good at all defensively. It's frustrating. They're also not very good pitching the baseball right now. That's even more frustrating. A lot of balls put in play, and when you can't pick it up on a regular basis, it makes it difficult to win baseball games. It's true. Yeah, we'll be at that, we'll be at that uh, place where that depth of sadness hits you like damn i don't know guys that's a 43 year streak i'd like not to see that come to to an end uh so soon that's a that's a tough year one at your alma mater where you were a big part of the reason they were successful and now this that would hurt your feelings but it's all right it's all temporary it'll be fine down the line Summer is rapidly approaching. The warm weather, more importantly, rapidly approaching. It's here already in some cases. Make sure you get into the best shape of your life by going to see what it is to work out with uh, those trying to do the very same thing. And 
Science Back Workout at Orange Theory Fitness will help you get there. Uh, you want more life. You want more uh, energy on a day-to-day basis. I can promise you Orange Theory Fitness helps do exactly that. Science-backed workouts, kind of what they do when you think about these interval training methods. Um, you see this at all like football programs these days, too. Uh, you get a month free with the purchase of a heart rate monitor. First class, by the way, is always free, and you'll see what I'm talking about when you go in there. Um, thorough, nothing left to chance. It works pretty straightforward. Orange Theory Fitness, two locations, one in Midtown and one on the north side of town over there by Fresh Market. So you've got that. I'll be going to the 955 class tomorrow, I think it is. And let's, uh, let's get after it. Let's get after it. All right, so... We were talking about Brock Glenn a moment ago, and I'm very mindful when we're in spring football that you can overstate certain things because you're so excited about both where the team's headed, what they're emerging from, and what this expectation is. And, you know, I, I, I understand all that, and that's especially true when it's a quarterback, right? Sexiest position, most important position on the field. You just always want to believe that you're hitting on quarterback. And I'll tell you, I think they did. I think they did. A lot of times with quarterbacks beyond the physical, which is obviously the most important thing. Do you have the ability to make the throws? Do you have the tools? Requisite skill set that allows you to excel and play big-time college football. Yeah, you, you need to see all those things, but most of the time those kids have some of those things. So what separates them, right? They have the, the arm talent or the, the size, the height, whatever it might be, athleticism. What separates them? A lot of times it's the mind, man, and the mentality. And I, I think that's when you're trying to judge early on about a kid. Sometimes you won't know. I'm not saying it's always evident this quickly. But when it is, I think you should stand up and take notice. When it happens that way, Sure, it's true. Sometimes it takes a kid a full year or two to kind of begin to get comfortable. We always forget these things, but the first time you're away from home in your life as a regular college student, let alone a college football student, is a hell of a jarring thing for a lot of people. You know, it's 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 a tough adjustment just for the general student body, let alone an athlete who's got a lot of his time accounted for and a lot of pressure. And you're entering into a program where the level of athleticism at every position that you look is a lot different from where you were in high school. So that adjustment can be seismic. I'm not saying everybody who's going to be good shows it, reveals it right away. But some do, and when they do, you crack that smile ear to ear realizing we hit on one because they don't tend to regress. They don't tend to start way up here at 18 years old and suddenly get worse and worse and worse unless there's been an injury or something like that or the team around them falters. But imagine what this has got to be for Brock and the reason we could all get excited. And this is what I mean by that. That kid comes into this program right now. This program just now turned a corner. Just now began to have expectations. Oh, we had them, but we knew realistically they weren't any good two years ago or three years ago, right? We weren't there. The roster wasn't in a place to succeed at the level of your expectation. So – he could not have picked a better time to say yes. To come in here, you've got you get to learn behind Jordan Travis, who's been here forever, can teach you the ropes, is a good kid, is going to want to help you, help guide you. All right, and for that matter, really, that quarterback room is filled with good guys. Tate's a good guy, right? They're going to help you. 
but you have the physical tools and you have the confidence and you have the mental wherewithal to be taking all of this in and learning rapidly. We're seeing the acumen for the game is exceeding uh, what is a reasonable expectation for a true freshman in his first ever camp. It really is. It's, it's, it's impressive. And he comes in kind of, you know, built and ready to play. It's, it's fascinating. So I just, when I talk about it, I talk about it in the sense that I think they got, they got a guy. They got a guy. And that's something to be giddy about. And they're going to bring in another guy who's said to be really, really good. And all of a sudden, that room gets interesting. I would, If I were Tate Rodemaker, I would uh, want to get a lot better and more consistent on a regular basis because I think that that battle for second, third string could be, it could be something that affects his future. Let's, let's put it that way. It could be something that affects his future. As for those of you that have asked about Derek Clinton, it's a fair ask. When somebody's not at practice for a week, and listen, this is, you know what, people are out there, the video, you, you see what happens before practice, and everybody can get a look out there. And when a guy's not there for one or two practices, I addressed this last week when it came up. Uh, ordinarily, I'm not comfortable talking about these things, but when it's been, you know, seven days, eight days, uh, then I understand why somebody might say, is something going on? Is it, and, and, and so I get it. But there is no resolution right now uh, in that situation. And I don't, I don't know, you know, the bottom line is, I said it last week, I'll say it again here. Check the roster, the official roster, Symbols.com. Check that roster on a, on a daily basis if you want to learn anything about who's coming, who's going. Because they, this staff has proven very quickly they will remove your name from the roster if a decision has been made. It's, it's like within minutes. It's like the first thing, I th- you almost get the sense that it's the first thing that happens. They go, okay, that's it, that's all. Thanks for playing. Been real. We wish you nothing but the best. Snap, door shuts, boom, updated. Thursday, I get to do probables. This, a reminder that that's because, obviously, the start of baseball is upon us. Again, a friendly reminder to join us over at Corner Pocket Bar and Grill. Should be fun, is every year where we celebrate opening day. We'll do the show live from there, 1 to 3. Stick around a little while afterwards to watch some more of the baseball on opening day. Of course, they have the Vegas wall there. They'll be doing the the hot dogs and all that good stuff, tall, cold beers, buddy. Baseball's opening day is one of the only things that has remained um, something that I get giddy about all the way into my 50s. There's some things that when you were young, about sport, it just blew you away and you were childlike all the time and you really excited. They begin to wane over time. You get accustomed to them, get used to it, whatever it might be, especially if you work in sports. You know, it doesn't blow you away to enter a stadium the way it once did. A lot of times, you know, I, that, that part I miss. I used to walk into football stadiums and be like, <gasps> that doesn't happen as much when you, when you work games or you, you go uh, to, to document as opposed to just root. Um, but baseball's opening day remains childlike for me. I'm a, a little kid when I wake up that morning. And that is saying something given that, again, I'm a Pirates fan and they're going to lose 100 games. <laughs> but I flip around and I watch the sport for the sake of the sport and I gamble. That's what I do. I gamble a lot. That's what I do. Uh, tomorrow, some little headlines. Get your questions ready, I'm sure. Ira will post, and so will Corey. We'll be in studio tomorrow for some of the headlines, and we'll have an opportunity uh, to get down to it. We, we also get a chance to go back out to practice tomorrow, just as we will on Thursday. 
be back out at practice. Uh, it'd be good to talk to Mike face-to-face and get some uh, more information about that scrimmage. He tends to go back, look at that film again a second time, and then have a little bit more information for us on a Tuesday. Good job to uh, Tom, as always. Good job, Director Matthew. Thanks to all of you as well. Be back with you tomorrow. Peace. Have a great day. Be good.